All right, welcome to the conversation on the TYT network. Um, well, Joe Manchin has become so odious these days, even Democratic strategists are speaking out against them. Those are things that didn't used to normally happen, but they're happening. They're about to happen, you're about to see it. Uh, we've got a guest coming on right now, Nicole Brenner-Schmitz. She's a Democratic strategist, she's got her own company, NBS uh, Strategies. And she used to be with Emily's List, she was political director for NARAL, used to be with the Teamsters. Uh, Nicole, welcome to TYT. Good to be here. All right, so Nicole, uh, this is unusual, right? <laughs> For democratic strategists <laughs> to speak out against democratic senators. So uh, what, what's going on here? What is animating you to come out and pressure Joe Manchin? Well, I think it's on behalf of what this country needs, right? I mean, Joe Manchin has set a pretty unattainable goal here. It's very clear that there are not 10 Republicans who are going to co-sponsor or vote for, for the People Act and he's offering America what is really sort of a false choice, right? It's choosing between the For the People Act and the John Lewis Voting Act. And those are, that's a false choice. The bills do two different things. And he's presenting it as if these are two bills that people could pick between. And that's just not accurate. The John Lewis Voting Rights Act would do a lot for the future of this country and it would make sure that we don't disenfranchise a whole lot of people. But the For the People Act is the only one that can undo a bunch of bad laws that have already happened. It's what's gonna get dark money out of politics. It's going to end the partisan gerrymandering and this is what America wants. We see poll after poll after poll, national and in the state of West Virginia. People are fed up with the money in politics. They're fed up with the partisan gerrymandering. They want what's in this bill. This is what the Democrats ran on from Joe Biden in the White House to the members running for Congress. They ran on this bill and this message that this is what we're gonna come here and get done. And they need to deliver on that if they plan to keep their majorities in Congress. Yeah, I appreciate you pointing out the absurdity of um, talking about John Lewis bill or the For the People Act. It's like saying, well, you know, you got a point guard dribbling down the court and you could either shoot a three pointer or kick a field goal. No, right. no, no, those two <laughs> things are not related. I call it, I call it apples and fire trucks. <laughs> yeah, um, so uh, well, look, Nicole, uh, a lot of our audience, uh, which is very progressive, um, is concerned that that there's a reason why Joe Manchin is, is doing this, that it's not because he's principled and bipartisan. Um, as you point out, the people of West Virginia, um, uh, in a bipartisan fashion, actually, Want this for the people? Like, my God, it pulls a seventy-nine percent in West Virginia. I don't know. Yeah. Even Trump's not that popular in West Virginia. <laughs> it's literally for the people act is more popular than Trump in West Virginia. So it's the it's as bipartisan as it can get. But in a bipartisan fashion, Republicans and some Democrats don't want it. And so that's going to go to my point here. Let's talk about why. First of all, my thesis is that it is his donors. He doesn't want people to see his donors. I interviewed Joe Manchin a couple years back and and told him about his top 10 donors. He said, I've never seen that list before. I mean, that's absurd. Of course, he knows who his donors are. So what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I think that's an interesting point that could very well be true. I personally also think that the senator quite enjoys being at the center of the conversation and and yielding this power and, and believing to be the most powerful um, person in the Senate. He's 
always criticize the process, right? Like that's what he really has issue with here. He co-sponsored this bill last Congress. He speaks about the items in it frequently. He doesn't have a problem with the policy. He's fighting about a process and that's unfortunate. I think a lot of it is to keep him in the center. A lot of people after the op-ed came out Sunday, we're trying to claim that this bill was dead. I don't have to remind you or any of these wonderful viewers that you have how many times we said the ACA was dead. It is not, but we called it dead a million times before it finally hit the president's desk and was signed into law. So it's not dead yet. We need to keep up this pressure. And at some point, Senator Manchin is going to have to realize that he's going to have to make a choice. Is he going to continue on a unattainable quest to have a bipartisan bill? Or is he going to make sure that millions of Americans are not disenfranchised? Um, so that's right, and a lot of people are continuing to put the pressure on, which I love. Uh, Reverend uh, William Barber, who's a courageous moral leader, uh, is uh, bringing hundreds of clergy uh, down to uh, Joe Manchin's office in West Virginia on Monday as part of Moral Mondays and the Poor People's Campaign. Everybody should check that out and, and participate if you can in West Virginia. Uh, because in West Virginia, we know eight out of 10 of you actually want the For the People Act. So go in a bipartisan fashion and pressure Joe Manchin. But, Nicole, you're a democratic strategist, and and honestly, a lot of people are now concerned that that some Democrats don't want this. So yes, a big majority of Democrats do want this. I think if you told me a big majority of Democrats want to raise corporate taxes back to 35%, I wouldn't believe it. It's just not true. I think the majority of of establishment Democrats do not want that. But if you said a majority of the Democrats do want for the people, like yes, I believe that, right? Um, but there are some Democrats who don't want the dark money donors ex- exposed. And by the way, there's some Democrats who don't mind the gerrymandering because they're in very, very safe seats. So it, it's not just Joe Manchin. So how do you deal with the problem of some wing of the Democratic Party that actually is not in favor of Joe Biden's agenda and are hiding behind Joe Manchin? Well, but the reality is that they have co-sponsored it and that they have pledged that they're going to vote for it. So it really does come down to Senator Manchin sort of being the issue right now. Um, because whatever some of their, their inner thoughts are and the chatter behind closed doors and hiding behind um, what Manchin is, is putting out there publicly, their names are on it and they've made commitments. So they will be voting um, for it to, to move forward. But Nicole, um, Joe Manchin also co-sponsored it. Last Congress. Okay, uh, and and Nicole, they see, but you see the frustration, right? And that's why you're frustrated and you're on here, right? And so I guess, let me tell you one more story and then ask you for reaction inside DC, etc. right? Tim Ryan used to come on the show more, probably more than any congressman. And and when he started his his career, and we've been around forever for about twenty years, so he used to come on all the time. He's a real go getter, etc. He he co-sponsored Medicare for all, ran for president. I caught up with him in Iowa, and and I asked him, well, "Are you in favor of Medicare for all?" And he said, "No, I, if I'm president, I won't pass it." But you co-sponsored it, right? So he, there's a frustration, and it's not a little. It's a lot, there's a giant frustration building up in the Democratic base that the Democrats don't actually mean anything they say. So do Democrats in DC understand the rage that is building? 
I think that they do. I think there's an understanding of the frustration of the base. I think that that is some of the concern about this holdup on For the People. I mean, this is what Democrats campaigned on. And this idea that one senator might hold it up because this is what we've told the American people we are going to be about and we are going to pass. And I think that they should have a lot of concern not to put this too cynically, but if they want to keep their majorities, because if we have control of the House, the Senate, and the White House, and we can't get something done, that's going to infuriate a lot of people. And it is, it's it's very frustrating. But I don't want to say that folks can never change their mind, right? Tim Ryan actually has one of, I think, the best changes mind stories. He started his career as, as an anti-choice Democrat and is now a proudly pro-choice Democrat. And so I don't want to say that politicians should never have shifts in their mindsets or theories and changes in what they would be co-sponsoring supporting. I think people can evolve and, and do that, but we need to be looking at what we campaigned on. And for the People Act just is what makes sense. Let's get this dirty money out of politics. Let's get partisan gerrymandering taken care of. Let's make sure that everybody is able to exercise their constitutional right to vote. Okay, so I'm gonna say one quick comment about Ryan. Can I ask you one more thing? So look, I should know better than anybody. I used to be a Republican and now I loathe Republicans. So of course <laughs> people can change. But changing from I think everybody should have health care to I don't think everybody should have health care is weird. But anyways, let's move on. So when it, if For the People Act doesn't pass, what do you think happens? Um, you know, how can Republicans? I know they've got all the voting rights bill. They've introduced forty-three different, or they've introduced anti-voting rights basically in forty-three different states. Has passed a dozen states. But what is in the For the People Act that would protect us from that? That we won't get if Manchin gets his way. Well, it's it's what can roll back a lot of what the states have have started passing. So the solution, if it doesn't happen, is we have to start going into the states and handling the the repeals within them. We saw um, Merrick Garland came out very strongly today um, with a speech on behalf of the administration on protecting voting rights. Um, and this is where you know it's one of those things. Democrats every cycle, I hear we're going to. Care about state legislatures this cycle, and I, I hope people start to uh, realize that those are just as important and serious races as Congress, because this is where a lot of these laws are happening, and we're going to have to be able to flip some chambers to to repeal some of these horrific laws, or they have to go through the courts. We're going to have long legal battles. All right, last question, Nicole. Um, if uh, Manchin and Cinema just flat out vote no, there's nothing you could do. Um, what happens? Do we just go, oh, oh well, okay, there goes our agenda, or are there any consequences? No, I think there will be consequences. I think there'll be political consequences. I think uh, we're going to figure out what the next path forward is um, legislatively. I think that the filibuster conversation becomes a, a louder one and a bigger one. Uh, I think we do look at what other pieces can can be passed. I mean, this is just, we're not gonna give up on this. The Democrats are, are not gonna do that. Nancy Pelosi came out with a very strong dear colleague after Senator Manchin's op-ed last Sunday, making it crystal clear that House Democrats were, were not gonna walk away from this. So I don't like to underestimate Nancy Pelosi when she says she's gonna get something done, I, I take her word for it.
Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, I, if I okay, <laughs> Nicole, if they pass the entire For the People Act, including the anti-corruption parts, the matching funds, the revealing of the dark uh, money donors, etc., I will be shocked. Uh, I would be. I, I there's no force on earth that'll get me to believe that they're going to do that. Uh, but they have to do the at least the bare minimum. It looks like they're going to right now if they pass none of it. It's an epic disaster brought to you by corporate Democrats like Joe Manchin. And Nicole, I appreciate that you're fighting back on it. So thank you for joining us, really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, back on a conversation. We're gonna talk to an old friend here, one of my favorite people in politics. She's busy, well, let's put it this way, holding Kristen Cinema accountable in Arizona lately, but she's got a new project too. It's Brianna Westbrook, she's chair of the platform committee for the Democratic Party in Arizona, former just Democrat in Arizona's 8th Congressional District, and former political director of Equality Arizona. All these are adding up, there's a lot. And now senior advisor of Down Ballot Progress, Brianna, welcome back to TYT. Good, good to be here, Great good to be time. here. Great to have you. All right, so um, I, I want to ask you about uh, Don Bell progress in a second, but let's talk Arizona politics. So um, you're an important part of the Arizona Democratic Party, which I love. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, you've got one of your senators, Chris Sinema, uh, who is one of the top uh, conservative and corporate Democrats in the country. Um, so how are you guys trying to hold her accountable within the Arizona Democratic Party. Oh well, realistically, we're doing a a lot of things um, collectively, um, both inside and outside the Democratic Party. Um, we're organizing in the Democratic Party, um, passing resolutions, um, state for we can stay like rooted in our our values as a Democratic Party in Arizona. At our last state committee meeting, we have passed three really important resolutions. The first one. Um, was full party support for the Arizona Democratic Party for the PRO Act. The second was passing the For the People Act. And third and most importantly, because without the abolishment and ending or reforming the filibuster, we cannot pass any legislation. Um, So we passed three important resolutions and that third one was full party support for ending the filibuster. Um, Our Arizona voters um, sent 11 electoral votes for Joe Biden for a reason. They believe in his platform. They're ready to build back better. And the right now, Kirsten Cinema is a roadblock to progress. So if she votes against ending the filibuster and she votes against For the People Act, those are the bare, bare minimums. We're not even talking about $15 minimum wage, which she is horrible on. We're not talking about all of our corporate positions, which she's horrible on, but just the bare minimum for the People Act and, and the filibuster. She votes no. What happens to her inside the Democratic Party in Arizona when she runs again? Well, you know, we're, we're going to have to see. Um, I, I have hope that she's going to see the light and continue um, to adapt because that's one thing Cinema has done well. Generally, that's what we know her as here in Arizona, the politician that kind of adapts to the climate. Where a lot of us are taken back by how off she is on this. She's very out of step. And many of the coalitions that she's built from her previous campaigns are starting to erode. I don't know if you saw the 
interview yesterday on CNN. We had one of the co-executive directors for Lucha, Living United for the Change, one of the most powerful grassroots organizations in the country, one of the most influential in the state of Arizona for helping elect Democrats. Came out and was very, very unapologetic in saying like, we're gonna support a primary challenger if if she doesn't come around. And hearing that from Lucha sends shockwaves. Um, across Arizona, because uh, they're a very powerful organization, and they were very, very, um, like I said, influential um, in her election in 2018. So, um, I, I'm going to run a scary theory by you, Brianna. Uh, she missed the the vote on the January 6th commission. Um, that was a very weird vote to miss if you're a Democrat. That one is not one percent controversial within the Democratic Party. Um, when I saw that, I thought, uh oh, she's gone. Even if we get mentioned, she's gonna flip to the Republicans and vote against all these things. There's no reason on earth a Democrat would be against the January 6th commission. So what do you think the chances are that she actually just becomes a Republican? I think there's a better chance of her becoming an independent before a Republican. She likes to tout that she is an independent voice in Washington, DC. Um, I think that's a, a better shot than becoming a Republican. But you know, I didn't think that she'd miss that vote um, for the January 6th commission. I didn't think that she would vote against the amendment for raising the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour. After all, Arizona's minimum wage is $12.15. Um, and uh, Mark Kelly voted for that. Um, so they, they split the ticket there, I guess you could say, um, on that amendment. So. I don't know. She's, it's very hard to predict her um, in this current climate, you know, because she's never been in the majority before. So this is all new to her. But I really feel like she's like a, a fish out of water because she's never faced this much pressure ever um, from Arizona voters. She's never faced this much pressure from her own party as well. Um, and it really just kind of shows. And I'm, I'm really impressed with the, the collective energy that's, that's centered around moving her and eliminating the filibuster in Arizona and how broad the coalition is. Because we have county parties that have came out in favor of ending the filibuster and coming out and saying that cinema is wrong, like the Pima County Democratic Party, the Cochise County Democratic Party, um, and countless organizations that represent a, a wide range of ideology on the left. So it's not just progressives. This is a lot of people, including independents, a recent poll showed 61% of Arizonans favored passing legislation rather than keeping this archaic Jim Crow filibuster in place. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, throughout all this energy and all of this pressure, you know, she comes around. I'm optimistic. And if not, you know, it's just gonna, we're just gonna continue to pressure and we'll support a primary challenger when the time comes. But 2024 is a long ways away. Yeah, Rihanna, um, I love the pressure you guys are putting on or you've done a great job of leading the charge there. But ironically, now that I've talked to you, um, I'm more sure she's gonna flip. She's not gonna <laughs> stay a Democrat because she's not gonna win in a Democratic primary. She's a corporate sellout. Uh, she's, she's gonna ruin everything, mark it down. Um, anyway, uh, but you're doing the best you can and I love you for it. All right, let's go to uh, down ballot progress. Uh, tell me more about that, what is it? Um, down ballot progress is a new organization that I just joined uh, about a month and a half ago. It was 
um, um, a colleague of mine that I met on the Bernie Sanders campaign came to me with this. Um, and what it is, is it's a, it's a new group, new organization focused on electing progressive to state legislatures across the country. Um, and what we're hoping to do is, is bring a seat for the progressive movement to the states. We know that conservatives have been organizing for a really long time and they focused on state legislatures and elections all the way down to school board. Well, the Democratic Party has been poor at that. Um, so we hope to, to build a bunch of candidates that will eventually run for federal office too, because we know a lot of our representatives in Congress actually began their journey into politics in state legislatures. We want to accomplish this by one of two ways. We want to build out a volunteer base that doesn't lose its infrastructure just because campaigns ends. As a person who has ran for office before, yeah. it's incredibly difficult to build out a campaign staff. Um, there's no manual on how to run for office. And many of the candidates, um, when they first announce, have a lot of friends and colleagues and coworkers um, that are helping you on your campaign that have never had experience doing things like being a treasurer, doing things like field. So what we hope to do is develop a training program to train potential staffers on how to run campaigns. Um, so we can be more successful and build out um, campaign staff to help state legislative races across the country. So there's two components here, um, building out that infrastructure that's sustainable for volunteers that doesn't die at the end of campaign cycles and building a training program so we can have the staff available and ready to roll um, come campaign season. So uh, let's pick a specific example and see if we can get this. By the way, um, I, I, of course, I know how hard it was. Uh, Brianna was one of the first just Democrats to run along with the great fighters like Amy Villela, uh, Paul Jean Swearingen and Cori Bush, AOC, uh, who are now in Congress. So, um, Brianna, um, let's pick Eric Olson. He was a local guy running for a state seat in California in the 25th district here. Uh, when he's running, he's got no infrastructure. He's progressive, so he has very little money. Uh, the union is usually back to corporate Democrat, which sucks, but it's true. <laughs> okay, so when without the union money, then he's in a really big hole. How could down ballot progress help someone like that? Well, you know, staff in general is is, a, is expensive, um, and building out the volunteer capacity. A lot of candidates find that as the hardest thing to do. Building out your volunteers that are going to help make phone calls, knock on doors. Um, what down ballot progress hopes to do, like I said, is build out a solid volunteer infrastructure um, that we can deploy um, to help candidates in state legislative races throughout the United States. Um, something that's sustainable that just doesn't end at the end of the campaign cycle because we know that it's not every two years the state legislative races are up. We know that some states like Virginia, for example, you know, just had an election for their primary um, on June 8th. Um, so their campaigns don't end. Um, we're in this illusion that you know campaigns are every four years because that's when the president's on the ballot and that's not true. Um, elections are happening almost every single year. Yeah, uh, all right, it's desperately needed. So thank you for uh, you know helping out this group. She's senior advisor to uh, Down Ballot Progress and the website is downballotprogress.com. Uh, and it's important that progressives build that infrastructure that all of the candidates across the country need. All right, uh, Brianna Westbrook, thank you for joining us, appreciate it. Thank you, see you again soon.